Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and David Woolman. It is just past 11.15 on a Monday. Hope everybody had a happy Easter. Um, we got a little catching up to do, guys. It's been a couple weeks, and uh, boy, is it, uh, it's been a busy couple weeks since we've uh, last spoke. So, um, yes, obviously a lot of catch-up to do with um, with respect to the high school soccer playoffs. We are entering the regional semifinal round this week, so three rounds in the books over the last couple weeks. We've got, I guess, 10 teams left in our coverage area, so congratulations to the following. Congrats on the boys' side to Allen, Saxe, Frisco-Wakeland, Frisco, and Salina. And then on the girls' side, congrats to Marcus, Flower Mound, Frisco-Wakeland, Frisco Memorial, and Salina. So we've uh, yeah, still got a pretty healthy contingent hanging around as we enter the regional tournament phase of the postseason. And, um, yeah, guys, let's, uh, let's just kind of make sense of some of the major talking points over the last couple weeks, um, I can start with um, what I think was at least one of one of the more notable results of these first three rounds. And when you have you know two of the best teams in the uh, inner region, you know arguably you know the two best teams at the six A level in the Metroplex square off, you know much earlier than one would expect. It's going to be notable, especially when it includes an upset over a previously undefeated number one ranked team in the state, and that is Flower Mound three, Prosper one. A score that, at first glance, you know, might have you know furred a few brows and raised a uh, you know raised a few uh, eyelids and whatnot. But um, yeah, so yeah, when you see that Flower Mound defeats Prosper three to one, when you think of what Prosper had done up to this point, it's going to be a pretty jarring result. Prosper hadn't allowed multiple goals all season; they hadn't trailed in a match all season. So to have <laughs> your season end in a three to one loss. That's quite the jarring result, and um, having been there on the sidelines at uh, at McKinney ISD Stadium that night, it's not really much of a shock because you look at how the match played out, and it's it played out as you would expect a three to one soccer match to play out. Flower Mound controlled this one pretty much. All, the entire way with the exception. I mean, listen, Prosper had a few moments here and there. They were able to generate a few chances, but nothing really substantial, um, you know, but Flower Mound, I mean, everything that you look for as far as how a team, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, you know, controls a soccer match, everything from time of possession to shots on goal, corner kicks generated and whatnot. All of it favored Flower Mound in pretty decisive fashion, and yet they were still clean. They were still down 1-0 heading into the final 15 minutes of this match. No matter what sort of advantage they had in shots on goal, they just couldn't finish. And you're just wondering if, like, a soccer can be a weird game sometimes. You can get outplayed in a lot of respects, but still hang on and win one nothing. So, you know, with Flower Mound, you're thinking, well, just maybe it's not their night. And then they were able to get a free kick goal um, with, um, I guess, about 10 minutes left in um, in regulation. 
Foundation, courtesy of Sidney Becerra, and that just kind of triggered the floodgates because they uh, they go to overtime, tied one to one, and then Flower Mound gets two more goals. Riley Baker finishes a goal from uh, set up by freshman Emma Hong, and then um, in the uh, in the second overtime frame, like thirty seconds in, um, Riley Baker sets up Tatum Beck for a goal. So just like that, this Prosper team that hasn't again that has not faced anything remotely close to a circumstance like this, they're down three to one, and they've I mean this again like that came with uh, you know the again thirty seconds into the second overtime frame. So now you've all of a sudden you're staring up at a two goal deficit, and you've got nine minutes left in um, you know in the uh, in the second overtime. So um, yeah, and, uh, a spot that you know Prosper had not been in all season long, um, but fair play to Flower Mound because I mean again you were thinking for a while that this was looking like a match where despite being able to generate so much more than your opposition that you know just might because again like you don't get points for time of possession or shots on goal you actually have to score goals so um, it was though very fitting though to see them at least cash in there late and get a uh, you know certainly one of the program's uh, you know signature victories you know since uh, you know since last winning uh, since last winning state um, and now they're on to the regional semifinals they've won nine in a row so um, ever since that uh, that loss earlier in district to Hebron which was um, as we've mentioned in the past their first loss since I believe it was March 2019 they've um, they've started looking a bit more like that team that was undefeated heading into the playoffs last season before the the COVID shutdown happened. Um, during that nine-match winning streak, they've outscored their opponents 26-4. to four. And, I mean, yeah, again, holding Prosper, which you look at the gaudy numbers that Prosper had put up this season and just the job that, you know, players like Caitlin Giametta, who had their lone goal against Flower Mound, Hadley Morell, um, a team that entered the playoffs with a goal differential of more than plus 110. And, um, you know, to get one goal allowed is, um, it really speaks to just the depth on that Flower Mound backline and just the job that they did slowing down what had been you know arguably the most prolific offense at the 6a level for girls soccer this year um you know prosper was 23 and 0 prior to that loss and obviously you know getting bounced in the third round is certainly not the way that they envisioned this thing ending um they're still gonna have a pretty healthy contingent coming back next season but you just you never know when that opportunity is going to arise it's a similar situation to what flower mound was thinking you know at this time last year when they didn't get to go to the playoffs despite being undefeated and you're wondering, well, crap. I mean, I mean, how are we? I mean, are the stars going to align like they almost were at this point last year? So it's nice to see them, though, this postseason getting a chance to kind of make amends for not getting a postseason last year. And they're, um, yeah, they're headed to the fourth round. They, um, there's a chance we are two wins away from a potential mound showdown for a spot in the uh, in the regional and not in the regional it's in the state semifinals because on the other half of the 6A region 1 bracket you have Marcus that is still hanging around Marcus which was able to punch its ticket to the fourth round by knocking off another team from 66A Hebron they beat them 1 to 0 on um, on Friday it was a it was a PK goal by Maddie Reynolds about 10 minutes in um, that wound up being the uh, the difference in this one and it's just wild because you look at the job that Hebron has done up to this point, um, and, Fla- and uh, Marcus has just been their kryptonite. You know, against everyone else on their schedule, um, they've averaged nearly three goals per match. And they've lost all three times that they've played Marcus, and all three have been shutout losses. This offense that beat Flower Mound, who we just talked about, they, that's the team that beat Flower Mound earlier in the season. They beat them three to nothing. That just shows you the ceiling that this Hebron team is capable of. 
But um, Marcus has had the answer every single time. That defense with Caroline Hilliard, Grace Martin, Kennedy Wise, Chloe Adams, they got a freshman in goal, Bree Russell. Um, they've just uh, they've had the, uh, the recipe for slowing down what's been one of the more high-octane offenses in the area down the, uh, down the stretch. Um, you know, again, you know, Hebron's a young team, so they're better. Their best days are likely still, um, you know, still a couple years off. You know, they were able to score a pretty impressive win over Allen to kick off the postseason in the first round. So, again, the year is pointing up on Hebron. But this Marcus team, though, is uh, they're in a good way right now. They've won eight in a row. This is the third time in the last four postseasons that they've advanced to the regional semifinals. And, yeah, like I said, we're uh, if both them and Flower Mound can take care of business on Tuesday, then we could very well get Flower Mound versus Marcus in the regional final, uh, which that obviously doesn't need much explanation. That should be absolute fireworks if, in fact, materializes. So big things happening for Louisville ISD through the first uh, few rounds of the postseason. David, we can talk about another Louisville ISD school in the colony that is not playing right now. They got eliminated, but obviously still a productive postseason for the colony. So um, just some parting thoughts on the colony and what they were able to accomplish this postseason. Yeah, just a very successful, you know, not only postseason, but the regular season for these guys as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um and this is still staying on the boys' side right here. Um, they won their first district championship since 1998. Yeah. And and then this year they, they defeated uh, Liberty in, pe- in penalty kicks in the, in the first round to advance to the second round of the playoffs for the first time in seven years. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're get, this is a team that, you know, like, they accomplished so much that uh, they only had one regulation loss this year. And, like, it, it's – it's going to be hard to replace like the nine seniors that they have on their team because they just set the bar for this program going forward. So mm-hmm. obviously the expectation you know going forward for Lee, Lee Woodall and his program is going to be pretty high. Um, but I mean it's you know not only the nine seniors but everybody else on this team as well too. You know you got a you know very fast forward uh, and Blake Galvez. You know he's you know he can he can you know run up the field very fast. Uh, Brian Carrillo, who's their sophomore goalkeeper out right there. Um, in, in the the opening round against Liberty, like when they went to PKs, he had two diving saves right there in, in the shootout right mm-hmm. there. So that was, you know, that's a big factor, and he's been clutch for them all season. But um, it's, and Hagen Weish, you know, he's he's one of their top goal scorers on their team with eight goals this year. So he's going to be their top returning goal scorer next year. He's only just a sophomore. but mm-hmm. um, So they got some talent just definitely in the underclassmen. But as far as these nine seniors, they're going to be not, not going to be easy to replace. Um Especially you, you look at Elijah, Elijah Elias. You know he's he's one of their captains. He takes a lot of their free kicks right there. Uh, he's he's got 13 goals on the season, and uh, two of them uh, they were on uh, on and uh, penalty kicks against uh, Art Turner. So um, you know his leadership's going to be missed. Yasmar Reyes, you know, in the last regular season game against Denison, you know he had a hat trick as well too. Um, so 13 goals for for the season. So he's going to be missed. Uh, Franklin Corona, uh, like you know, he he takes a lot of their corner kicks. Um, he, he finished with seven goals. Three of them came against in the season finale, regular season finale against Denison. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be missed as well too. So I mean. You know, nine players on, like, you know, a boys' varsity soccer team is a lot to replace. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, the, the thing that Woodall told me about these guys is, like, you know, like, they're, like they're all they're a very close-knit group of guys. You know, they, everybody <laughs> just likes each other on the team. So, I mean, you know, obviously it's going to be, you know, huge, you know, holes to fill out there. But, you know, just even against, like, like 
Liberty, like, you know, to come out there, like, and even though they're in fourth place in that district, that's a tough Frisco district right there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to come out there, that one was huge. And then, um, obviously, our alternate wasn't, you know, probably their best game, but um, they showed a lot in the last 15 minutes, you know, just to make it close. They had so many opportunities, and uh, it was three to two, like, uh, and uh, he were like uh, it was tied at halftime, one to one, and then our Turner scored uh, two goals uh, in the, within like five minutes of each other in the in the second half to go up three to one, and then Elias he, he got a second PK of the game, um, so that made it three to two, and then um, the the then the, uh, the colony just threw out everything that they had. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you know, header here. Here's a here's a kick over there, corner kick over here. Everything that they do, they just couldn't finish. So I mean, but you know, tough ending for them. You could just see the emotions on their face. You know, there's just you know, they realized it was their last time on the field right there. So it was, you know, my heart kind of broke for those guys. You know, I, I got a chance to talk to them. Just great gentlemen, and they're going to do great things in life right there. But um, I, I really like though, you know, what they what they did this season. Yeah, so obviously a very, very productive postseason for Louisville ISD, which, I mean, it's nothing new. I mean, they've always no. got, you know, whether it's Flower Mound, Marcus Hebron, in this case, the Colony, they've always got teams that are making serious runs in the playoffs. Same for Frisco ISD, Devin. This is, uh, yeah, this is just old hat for Frisco ISD. They've got a total of four teams bound for the fourth round of the playoffs. Like we mentioned earlier, Wakeland and Frisco High on the boys' side, Wakeland and Frisco Memorial on the girls' side. So um, wherever you want to start with Frisco ISD, Devin, but just size up another impressive postseason thus far for Frisco ISD. Well, you know, and I hate to say it's old hat for Wakeland, but it's, I mean, this is a Wakeland, the the boys program, for instance, you know, had made four straight trips to the state championship game Mm -hmm. um, and obviously winning titles in 2017 and 2018, and they're back in the regional semifinals. Uh, The girls were state champions in 2018, um, and so they're they're not, this is not unfamiliar territory for Mm -hmm. them. It is for Frisco Memorial. Absolutely, uh, this is just their third year um, as a varsity program. Uh, they earned a shot the district championship. That was one thing to check off the list. Won their first playoff match, um, and here they are in the regional semifinals. Um, they just a really impressive run. You never know how teams are going to handle being in that playoff atmosphere for the first time, especially when test matches. Close matches come down. You know, they were tested by McKinney North in the opening round. That was a scoreless draw. That went to a shootout that Memorial was able to pull out. Um, and it's that defense. I mean, they, they you know during the course of the district season, they allowed seven goals in 18 matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, had 12 shutouts. Uh, in three playoff matches, they've allowed one goal. Wow. Um, and, and that was at a 4-1 to one win, uh, which was, you know, it's – Maybe they just kind of let off the gas a little bit. But uh, you know, they got goal scorers with, with Ava Kohlberg and Laney Munch and Brooke Bollinger. Uh, it's just a, it's a very solid team. And, and uh, again, they're just kind of they're rewriting history every, every match, throughout, you know, every, every round of games. And uh, really interested to see what they could do. Um, it, it, you know, it's, I, I mentioned the experience aspect of it. But th- these are girls that have been playing their entire lives. We mentioned the strength of Frisco ISD. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- these these – Girls and, get, and boys do not start playing once they get to you know their freshman yeah. year of high school. These these are these are people who have played select club level ball since the time they were young, and that's reflected in the playoff success. Um, and you know we could, it's still conceivable that you have a all Frisco ISD regional final because you know Frisco boys are still also 
you know, very much alive and playing against the Longview team that's actually made the history of their own advancing uh, to the regional semifinals for the first time. So, uh, you know, just given their track record, it's hard to bet against Frisco ISD in the playoffs. Then, um, yeah, when you look at, uh, you know, again, Louisville ISD, Frisco ISD, again, they're no, they're no strangers to success in the playoffs. You can talk about a few, I guess, individual schools that have, uh, that have, um, that are still kicking and still alive in the playoffs. Allen, the Allen boys are, um, are now bound for the, uh, for the fourth round, I guess for the second time. And I guess the uh, so I've decided I'm not even going to consider like 2020 when I say like I'm just going to refer to it as like the last two postseasons now going forward because you could say like second time in the last three years but that makes it sound like they didn't get there last yeah. year and whatnot so I'm just going to start referring to it as postseason I just said Wakeland boys made four straight yeah so that's, yeah it was- so with um yeah with Allen they were headed to the fourth round and the story with Allen right now has been well basically since they their last loss which came um, on March first a one zero setback to McKinney Boyd who wound up going on to win that district Allen's offense has just caught fire they're averaging four point three goals per match since that loss and they've maintained that average more or less in the playoffs averaging four match in the playoffs that includes four to one over Flower Mound in the first round five to one over Grand Prairie in the second round and then they took down a rival um, in 5-6-A, Prosper 3-1 to one in the third round. Um, Sam Presser, who I believe last time we told you, um, we, were, uh, we were speaking, just kind of previewing some of the matchups I had mentioned. You know, he's one of the uh, among the top goal scorers in the area, and he, is, uh, he has not missed a beat. He has five goals um, within Allen's three playoff matches, um, and he's had plenty of help, obviously, with Matthew Sanchez, Grayson Golgert, Brian Vallejo, among the others who have contributed. Um, they've just got a lot of... Uh, you know, they've got, they, they execute those set pieces really, really nice. A player like Golgert, who's usually the tallest player on the field, they do a good job putting the ball on frame for him to get a head on it and find the back of the net. And then um, that defense, you know, capped in the very back by one of the top goalkeepers in the area with Jackson Levitt. Just a program that's in a really good way right now. Um, they uh, they actually get a uh, they actually get a home match um, against Keller on Tuesday, and um, it's a chance for Allen to put, um, with a win there that would um, that would make them just the second team in program history to advance to the regional finals. So um, some high stakes on Tuesday um, as Allen um, squares off against Keller in the regional semifinals. Um, over in Region 2, Devin, talk a little Saxy. They're still alive, still alive and kicking as Saxy gets ready to take on Cypress-Bridgeland at a game that's uh, Tuesday, 7 o'clock, all the way out in Mejia. Um, so what do you make of uh, what Saxy has, uh, has pulled off up to this point? You know, I think Saxy gets a little bit overshadowed by some of the, the powers in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I had actually a couple of people talk to me on, on social media about, you know, Saxy. I said, you know, Saxy is a perennial playoff team. I mean, this is a team that was in the regional semifinals two years ago. Mm-hmm. They're the regional finals back in 2017. So, you know, they're no stranger to making runs in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, I, I was able to see them on Friday against Mansfield uh Lake Ridge and uh, they pull out one nothing. I mean, they just find a way. It's just they, you know, the, the first game they opened the playoffs against Mesquite. They won two nothing in a game that was basically scoreless until the final fifteen minutes when Saxy was able to score uh, one with about fifteen minutes left, and the other with the, basically mm-hmm. the last minute as Mesquite was pushing up. So that was basically a one goal game for the most part. Uh, same thing with the Brian in the area finals. It was a three to two game, um, and then obviously the one nothing last Friday. Uh, but you know they, they've got goal scorers. Uh, you know, D'Alessandro Rios was the one who needed the game winner uh, last week. But Cooper Tees, couple some really big games. Uh, Elias Robles, Ethan Sampson. Uh, but what impressed me was their defense mm-hmm. on Friday. Carlos Vasquez, their their goalkeeper, made some tremendous saves. Uh, a couple, of, you know, within you know ten yards. I mean, it's he just read the play. You know, Reese Spears is their captain back there. Um, 
he's playing through an injury, but he's just he's one of those guys that just always knows where to be back there. Um, you know, it's as good as Vasquez was that that, that defensive line with Reese Spears and uh, Harun Spahalik and Eric Martins and Derek Ramirez, they blocked a lot of shots in the, in the box as well. So, uh, you know, just a, a very heady group and they're just a solid all around unit. And, um, you know, they got the opening goal. And I, I believe uh, Coach uh, Jake Brule told me after the game that uh, in the playoffs in the last nine years, uh, only one time when Saxe hasn't scored first, except they've been beat. So if they if they score the first goal, they've lost one time in okay. nine years, basically. Uh, so they got that first one uh, in the like in the 18th minute on Friday, and they just settle in their game plan. You know, they don't drop back into a shell; mm-hmm. they're still attacking. But that defense is so solid, um, and they got enough playmakers to keep the other team honest from you know from pressing too much. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, this is a sexy group again that I think kind of flies under the radar, so to speak. Uh, and it's it's kind of hard to gauge also in Region Two. You know, when you get to these later rounds, I mean, you know, they play Brian in the, in the area round. Yeah. Uh, they play Bridgelands this week. So it's kind of hard to, to, to compare them mm-hmm. to other Metroflex teams. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's a team that, that knows how to win, and I'm, I'm really curious to see what they can do here these next couple of rounds. Yeah, still got Saxy kicking around. Still got Allen kicking around over in 6A. Uh, let's dip down to 4A for a second. <laughs> talk about You want to talk about some of the silliest playoff scores that you'll see? Let's talk Salina, a uh, a pro a, a school that is um you know their uh, their tradition not tradition but their history in soccer is very brief. This is a uh, these are two programs, the boys and the girls, who are both in the regional semifinals. Um, these are two programs that have not been around for a long time. In the boys' case, this is just their third varsity season, just their second ever playoff run. Um, the the girls though the girls um, had been around for I guess what was it like five or six years or so but they've um but both teams have already you know had their deepest playoff runs ever this postseason by advancing to the regional semifinals and the girls have gotten there in just just torrid dominating devastating fashion and they have outscored their first three playoff opponents. 43 to 0. That is scores of 18 to 0 in the first round against Ferris, 13 to 0 in the second round against North Dallas, and then last week on Friday, 12 to 0 against Caddo Mills in the regional quarterfinals. Um, and that's that was kind of, I mean, those scores aren't, you know, out of place when you look at their their entire body of work this season. For the the games that they've won this season have, for the most part, been kind of like that. You know, it's a program that has eclipsed double-digit goals, I think, well, it's 15, 17 times a season. It's, it's a lot. I mean, they can, when the, when, the, when the passing, when the ball is moving piece-to-piece piece out there, then they can, they can put together some pretty, some pretty nice stuff, and it helps to have one of, the, uh, one of the most prolific goal scorers in the entire country. I mean, if you're just going off of just the number of goals that she has scored, uh, Taylor Drzeski, is up to 109 goals on the season as we uh, as we begin to I guess maybe look ahead down the road to uh, all area voting that uh, offensive player of the year forward of the year however it settles um, that is uh, that is certainly a name to keep an eye on as she has 109 goals on the season she had five against Cattle Mill she's up to 19 in three playoff matches um, and yeah I mean it's just I mean. 
it's it's impressive. They, I mean, every time they were down in the, uh, I mean, they spent basically the entire match against Cattle Mills in that attacking third, and just about every chance resulted in either whether it was a goal. I mean, if not, if it wasn't a goal, if it was batted away, it usually results in a corner kick, which then leads to a goal. They just, I mean, they're they're just ruthless. And this is again when things are are working in their favor. That team can uh, they can score with the best of them at the four A level. And it wasn't just uh, Taylor on Friday. I mean, Emma Short, Mia Norman, Lexi Tweet both had two goals apiece. Ashland. Vana, who takes a lot of their corner kicks. She had four assists off corner kicks alone in that. Um, they uh, they can pile up some numbers for sure this season. And um, But the bugaboo has been, you know, they are not undefeated. They've had some losses. And at least in the case of district play, they um, they did finish second in their district. They were yep. not able to give, get over the hump against Melissa. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's they've, they've run into teams that are at least on par with them, if not maybe a little bit better as far as just overall talent goes. And when that happens, you know, they've, they've yet to show that they can kind of translate just that high-octane firepower against a top-level opponent. And part of that is, you know, when you play – just because of the nature of 4A soccer, you see, I mean, when you beat so many teams, 10 nothing, 12 nothing, and whatnot, you just don't have enough instances on your schedule when you're truly getting pushed. You know, a lot of those moments can be pretty new to you as far as knowing how to handle that and whatnot. So we'll, um, we will see kind of going forward, because just looking over the bracket, the, the blowout time is done, and it looks like, at least heading forward, that for however much longer these Salina girls are in the postseason, that there's going to be, uh, you know, they've got nothing but state-ranked opponents left pretty much the rest of the way, and that starts to Tuesday against number nine ranked Bullard, who's lost just two matches all season. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, for a team that has been in such a groove um, offensively, if they can translate that now to facing an upper echelon opponent. Meanwhile, the boys are still kicking alive and uh, as well on the uh, in foray. They're in the regional semifinals at just their second ever playoff run. And this is just a third year varsity program. Their scores have been a bit more traditional in the sense that, uh, you know, they beat Sunnyvale three to one. They beat North Dallas in the second round, three to zero, and then they beat Athens in the regional quarterfinals, two to one. Uh, Trent Hamblin got the got the uh, got the ball rolling there against Athens. He plus Edson Torres, Antonio Cantoran, and uh, Marco Sarana have really keyed a, a very big year for the Bobcats. Who, I mean, they're they're rolling right now. They've won fourteen of their last fifteen. They're already in the fourth round as a third year varsity program. So despite the um, you know soccer in Salina still being in kind of its infancy, it's still um, it's two programs that are uh, very much on the uh, on the rise is the uh, this budding soccer hotbed out in Salina, Texas. So yes, the uh, the Bobcats and the Lady Bobcats are bound for the fourth round and we will see what is in store. Um, was there anything else y'all wanted to add before we get out of here? And we will call that a uh, we will call it today, folks. Um, so yes, that will wrap it up for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk more soccer. You knows maybe dip our toes in a little bit of baseball and softball as well. So until then, folks, you enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? 
Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.